0: This is Bill Messerly with St. Gabriel Catholic Radio bringing you a weekly faith dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus, for the 19th week of Ordinary Time. Bishop Brennan desires to share with us the joy of the gospel and the splendor of truth and to encourage us to live and to share the gospel in our lives. Welcome, Your Excellency. Thank you. Glad to be able to talk with everyone. Well, we had a wonderful reading yesterday and talked about uh, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus we did we did
1: we had a wonderful weekend didn't we? It was just beautiful out, not like what the disciples were feeling on the on the lake that day
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we're of course living in a storm uh, ourselves with covid nineteen and uh, the unsettled environment that we 're living in, especially as it relates to violence and I know that the the topic of violence is uh, deep on your heart. Indeed, indeed. You know, last week we spoke a little bit about my uh, column
1: about uh, in, in really supporting our police departments and the, the, the men and women, um, all of the first responders who daily um, put their lives at risk and make all kinds of sacrifices for our protection – but one of the things I wrote in the column about was a concern that I have about violence in general. I mean, the real issue that we have to face as a community here in Columbus and in many communities around the country is the reality of that violence, specifically gun violence, but all kinds of violence. Um, you know, the uh, the numbers are just appalling um, that there's something, you know i go out for a walk every morning very early and you know on the corner of broad and high across from the state um the, the state house there's a uh a little what do they call it like the zipper with the news by channel 10 mm-hmm. and every day there's something about a shooting every single day mm-hmm. today i think there were two stories about a shooting over the shootings over the weekend um and a lot of them have to do with young people and it's to me, that's troubling, and you know, so so you wonder why the police department sometimes have to be on the defensive. It's uh, it, it, it's a violent world out there. I think what we have to do is focus less on the emotional issues and really try to say how do we as a community address the violence? How do we as a community get to the root causes of it? Um, how do we as a community try to um, build up a culture? Of uh, peace, if you will a cult, and um and that's that 's not easy it's it 's easier to get to look at the superficial easy, um, issues it 's easy to look at the emotional issues it 's easy to point fingers and you know again, as I said last week um, there's need for reform, and we have to take some serious looks at uh, our attitudes about things, but we can 't lose sight of the fact that there 's a lot of violence going on around us.
0: You know, sometimes in the gospel, we talk about the gospel as something way in the past, especially as it relates to, you know, an eye for an eye. You know, we could say, well, back then, people believed in an eye for an eye. Isn't that true now that that is systemic in some of our cultures, perhaps some of our families, some of our, uh, you know, friendships, that an eye for the eye is the way to do things? You must be having some rage, right? And you must correct a wrong by anger or violence.
1: That's right. And, you know, Pope Benedict, when he did his reflection in the Jesus of Nazareth books, when he did his reflection on um, the Our Father, he, 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 he talks about the reality of trespass. And he said that cycle just continue to spiral. One trespass gets answered by another, and then that gets answered by another. And that's the case with violence, until somebody yells out, Mercy. Mm -hmm. You know, until so, so, so so that's right. There's it spirals out. You know, you mentioned the the readings. Even this week, we, we, you know, we had that beautiful image of Elijah, um, in 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 the woods waiting to meet God, right? And he got he encounters God in that small whispering wind. Well, you know, the reason that Elijah was out there was he had had that big display where he showed God's power, right? He showed God's power and mercy, you know, took on the prophets of Baal. And, you you know, they, they were like 400 prophets of the false god, Baal. And they couldn't get a fire started by their prayers. And Elijah, in one moment, boom, gets the fire going, shows the glory of God. But then, you know, Bishop Barron points out, after that, he slew, he slit the throats of the 400 prophets. So, like... Great prophet like Elijah still resorted to, to violence, mm. and you know, so God needed to speak to Elijah a little bit. You, you know, to affirm
0: the good, but also, you know, lighten up. <laughs> mm. Yeah, and this is uh, from One Kings. Um, After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a tiny whispering sound. Right,
1: and but then, if you keep reading on, what did the tiny whispering sound say? A well, tiny whispering sound said okay get up elijah you know, anoint the next king and uh, by the way anoint your successor <laughs> mm-hmm. time for somebody else to pick up the mantle um, you know in a sense you know you good good job on the good things you did but um, really was that the right thing to do slitting the throats of 400 false prophets mm-hmm. You know, it was an interesting take that was in the Bishop Aaron reflection. I, uh, I, I had focused myself on the reading of the Gospel and the, and the storm at sea, mm-hmm. but that was an interesting take. You know, Elijah. In the and you read through the Old Testament, it's very stark in its honesty um, about the the good, but also the violence. But it doesn't mean that it's okay, that the violence is okay. It's just, it's just being honest about the human condition,
0: uh, Bishop Brennan. Uh, how long do you take in adoration or preparation for your homilies? My usual preparation
1: is over the period of the week. It's, you know, for the Sunday homily. Yeah, you know, so I'll start looking uh Today, and say, Well, what is it about, and just bring it to prayer and go back and forth um uh, there's a particular three volume set i um on the Gospel of matthew called um called the Fire of Mercy um that I've been using these days really to for some of my reflection during the course of the week, and then of course, like you say, daily adoration and prayer um so it's to me. It's more of a gradual process that, rather than a single sit down for so many hours or something like that, it's um, it's 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 trying to let the encounter speak to you, um, and uh, it's one of the nice things at this time of the year is it's nice to have that sequence of of the gospel being read consecutively. You know, you you can kind of follow along with um, what's happening in the gospel itself.
0: And Bishop Brennan, how can we know when God speaks to us, and how do we discern his voice from our own voice?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Actually, one of the seminarians, um, no, it was actually somebody on retreat asked me that very same question. I think there were a couple of things that we need to do. Um, We do need the help of other people to help keep us honest with ourselves, you know? Um, That's where something like spiritual direction comes in for us who are priests and for religious. Um, But, you know, just somebody to bounce off. This is what what I'm hearing. This is what I'm sensing. Honestly, if it's too close, if it's very close to what you want to do all along, it's probably more you than God. (laughs)
0: Darn it, I wish he wouldn't have called us out on that. (laughs) (laughs) You'd be surprised how many people can tell me
1: that, uh, you know, God told them to do exactly what they wanted to do. (laughs) And, um, And very often it's the exact opposite of what God must have told somebody else that he wanted them to do <laughs> mm. so uh yes you 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 can easily get lost in that if it if it means if it's calling us to go that extra mile or to trust in him a little bit more i think that probably has a little more authenticity but it's always good to have somebody that you're bouncing it off of um uh, and and somebody who who would be honest with you, who would ask you questions, and who knows you well, who could say, you, you know, that does sound a lot like you, yeah.
0: And we and we've lost a little bit of that uh, spiritual friendship, haven't we?
1: That's right. That's right. You know, and and that spiritual friendship, it it it, it helps us keep our eyes on Jesus. Yeah, you know what what happened to. Peter, I, I I love this particular account because Peter did do a lot of right things. He he recognized the voice of the Lord when you know they didn't know who it was who was walking close. He recognized the voice of the Lord. Then Peter um, asked, "Please call me out," and he did, and he went right out there. So so Peter, his his heart's in the right place. His will is in the right place. But as long as he's looking at Jesus, he's walking on water. But what happens? What are the human things? Two things. The human reactions. First of all, we start to look at ourselves. Hey, look at me. <laughs> look at what I'm doing. And the other thing is we start to look at the problems around us. He looks down at the water and he says, oh, boy, what did I get myself into? You know. But either one of those or both of those end up causing him to take his eyes off of Jesus. He's looking at himself or he's looking at the problems. And he begins to doubt. And when he doubts, he begins to falter. And then, again, but Peter isn't all wrong here. What does he do? He, he knows what to do when he falters, doesn't he? I, I said yesterday, we had a three-word prayer yesterday. Lord, save me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What a great prayer, right? Lord, save me. A three-word prayer. Peter teaches us that because he knew. He knew when he was faltering, and he knew to call out to Jesus.
0: Lord, save me.
1: Lord, save me. This is a big week, too. We have a few feasts coming up, some real great models. We spoke about St. Peter. But um, today we celebrate one of the early deacons in the church in Rome. Um, who was martyred, St. Lawrence, the martyr. He was a deacon and served the church in Rome. He was known to have served the church with a lot of joy, um, and uh, and he gave his life for the gospel. Tomorrow we have uh, St. Clair, who worked with St. Francis himself. The two of them began the men's and the women's orders, and um, St. Clair is a great model of holiness and of creativity and that get it done kind of uh ethic and then at the end of the week we we remember saint um um saint maximilian kolbe another a more modern day hero who gave his life in in in, in nazi germany
0: and uh saint maximilian in Poland kolbe? actually actually he I visited
1: his cell mm. in in Auschwitz in Poland
0: Wow, how powerful yeah. was that?
1: I'd- That's a very very powerful moment. They keep, it's interesting because it's a it's a largely it's a Jewish um, historic site um, commemorating the uh, Holocaust and the killing of so many tragic killing of so many uh, Jewish people at the hands of the Nazis, but um, they keep an Easter candle, a Paschal candle in his cell.
0: And for those who aren't uh, familiar with uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe and what he has done uh, as a martyr of her faith?
1: Well, this what happened is um, he was himself a prisoner in the uh, concentration camp in Auschwitz. Um, s- uh, somebody escaped from that prison, and the retaliation was that 10 people were to be chosen uh, to be killed in retaliation. A man with a family was called upon and uh and he pleaded with them saying, You know that he had his family and um father colbe Maximilian Colbe stepped up and says, Take me instead and they did and um and they did it by they first by starving him and it just took it was a very painful experience, and it took so terribly long. And then I think they accelerated it. They they they, they actually did kill him. But um, it was a long martyrdom.
0: Mm. What a great example! And uh, he stood for Mary, and he asked for us to consecrate or to give ourselves to Mary, so that she could bring us to her Son Jesus.
1: Exactly, he had a, that great that great devotion to our Blessed Mother, and and then he lived it. He 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 lived it well. Yes.
0: Bishop Brennan, would you like to close us with a prayer today?
1: Sure, sure. You know, I mentioned the saints who we commemorate this week, and then, of course, at the end of the week on Saturday, we um, honor Mary, we celebrate her assumption. This year it's not a Holy Day of Obligation um, because it falls on a Saturday, and actually the dispensation has been granted. But anyway, but... Um, we will have a special, many of the parishes will have special masses. We'll have mass at the cathedral at 930. And, um, and so why don't we pray asking the intercession of Mary and of all the saints in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: You've been listening to the Weekly Faith Update and Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan for the 19th week of Ordinary Time. Uh, The Mass for the Feast of the Assumption will also be carried on St. Gabriel Radio, AM 820 and FM 88.3 in Southern Ohio, this Saturday morning at 930. And now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming, already in progress.